Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey everybody, it's T with the UFOs Want to Tell You Something. So this week, I've got dispatch being sent out to a UFO sighting. I've got a humanoid encounter that happened to a young man from 1975. I touch a little bit on abductions and dreams, and I've also got a UFO and occupant sighting being reported to a UFO reporting center. I think you guys will enjoy this episode. There's a lot of archival footage again, but you know, it's got good stuff in there. And I think it's important to get that information out. Alright guys, let's get it. This first recording I've got for you guys is a short one. It's just police being dispatched to reported UFO sighting. This is from 1980, so the quality is not the best, but you'll get the general concept. This should add a little validation to things for you. Because what this demonstrates is, this person was so frightened by what they saw that they called police to come check it out. As you'll hear from this, this was not a small UFO by any means. call from Highland PD, reference to which a truck driver just stopped in and said there was a flying object in the area of Lebanon. It was like a two-story house. It had white lights and red blinking lights, and it was last seen southwest over Lebanon. Leslie, could you check the area? Hello, Craig. Did they say the truck driver was uh, UI or anything? Ten four out. Minutes. I just sent out the search while you're looking at the sky. I'm not sure. Thank you. I'm 39, 23, 10, 28. Just a quick question. If I happen to find it, what am I supposed to do with it? If I see it, I'm not saying a word. Six years. Uh, also, be advised that the last thing that went over Lebanon, this was approximately five minutes ago, was a military cargo plane. It looked like a C-5. So be advised, there's a very bright white light east of town. Looks like it's just east of Summerfield. And it keeps changing colors. I'll go there and see if maybe it's an aircraft. It doesn't look like an aircraft, though. That's a moment. It's not the moon. It's not a star. 10 count, 5404. You would. Would you contact Scott Air Force Base to see if they have anything flying in this area, please? 10 4, well, whether it's a plane or not, it's heading westbound now. It should be really close to Scott now. Uh, negative. Matter of fact, if the shower officer looks up, they can probably see it by now. Good enough this time. 2550. I see something, but I don't know what that is. 5404. Just reported to the only other houses I saw had already landed in those four neighborhoods, so there's not nothing. Probably Ed and Lambert. 6004. Go ahead. 
I've got that object inside also. Are you curious? It's huge. Sounds weird. I'll work for you at the second assignment. The 604, does it look like a... What does it look like to you? It's kind of V-shaped. Uh, looks like it's possibly headed toward uh, Lambert. Sanford, that's what Shiloh's doesn't was heading towards Harvey Heights. Outlets when you look for that. Where is that? Didn't come 604. Go ahead, 604. Does Dupo have a polar rank? Uh, that I don't know. 604, 3920-3 our first thing, I hope that I agree you can see the different colors now, this appears to be white. Very large. It's hard to tell, it's pretty far off in the distance. This object was above me about 500 feet and it was huge. Okay, Portis. This out of here is... It's, Probably 20 or 30,000 feet up right now. It's as high as usually the planes are. It's not low at all. So, the next one I've got for you guys here is an encounter that happened in 1975. This young man suffered from nightmares after his encounter with UFO occupants and their craft. Now, what you notice is the hallmarks of abduction and communication with UFO occupants. It is quite fascinating to listen to, to hear their perspective of somebody going through these experiences. And it's interesting that what you can do is compare this to somebody who claims abduction. Now talking to UFO witnesses or people having alien abduction experiences, it's very easy to weed out whether somebody actually has these experiences or are suffering from something psychological. In the process of writing my book, I have run across this plenty of times already. After I play this clip for you, I'm going to put a little insert in there for a couple of my alien dreams, in which you can see how some would draw the conclusion that perhaps they were abducted. Now from my perspective, at first I completely believed that myself. And then I realized that it doesn't run in my family line, and I don't fit most of the hallmarks of an abductee. And that more than likely what had happened was I was influenced by my research. Now the majority of people I have spoken to, for my book, are not making things up. And not being too well known, there's only a few that will be in the book that I've spoken to firsthand. But in some cases, some people do suffer from psychological things. There's also the I want to believe phenomenon that some people go through. Some people want the validation that something happened to them, when in fact it may not have, and it simply was just a dream. Now, 
for the most part, abductions don't usually come down to that. And this can be evident from this podcast alone and all of the things we've gone over. You can look at the tale of Terry Lovelace or Whitley Strieber, Debbie Cobble, the work of Bud Hopkins, John Mack, Dr. David Jacobs. You can go over a lot of it and you can see the parallels. Now when you listen to some of these abduction cases, you can tell right off the bat that this is not a dream. Oftentimes there's correlating scars and these experiences last much longer than sleep paralysis or dreams. And on that note, most abductees, in fact all abductees, report having these experiences from childhood on. The majority of people will suffer from sleep paralysis at least once in their life. And if you have suffered from sleep paralysis, and you compare that to some of these abduction cases, you can see the big differences. And that's not even taking into account the ones in which people aren't even asleep. We were in bed in the back bedroom back there. And she was sound asleep and I was just kind of laying there. And I heard a dog barking out front like he was after a cat or somebody was out there. Out by my car, I had my car parked out, out front. Not where it's now, but out front. And uh, I heard this dog barking for about two minutes. And then he just started yelping like somebody had kicked it. So I got up real slowly because I didn't want to wake my wife. And I walked over to the window and I opened the blinds up a little bit. I saw a red light. It was about six inches off the ground, about a foot away from the front of my car. And I, that's what caught my eye the first. And this is outside the fence, almost on the street, but it wasn't on the street. And I looked at it for about 15 seconds because I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I looked right next to it, and there's this great big tall individual. I don't know what or who it was. It was just standing there, and it was facing toward me. And it didn't make a move. And I stand, I stared at it for about a couple seconds. Then I started getting, uh, it sounded like sound waves or something. It didn't seem like it was coming, you know, like through my outer ear. It seemed like it was coming in my inner ear. And it, it just kept on getting higher and higher pitch. And then it reached a high pitched sound. And it started a beeping sound. And then I almost passed out. And when I almost passed out, I shut the, shut the blinds. And I grabbed, grabbed my wife and I shook her. And when she, it, the sound kept on going until she woke up. And then when, when she woke up, the sound stopped. And I, I said, there's something out there. And I asked her if she heard anything because the sound almost made me pass out. And she said no. And so I ran. The first thing I did is I ran out here and I flipped on the outside light. We got four spotlights out, out in front of the house. And everything was gone. There wasn't nothing else out there. Right, right back to the beginning, that light, that red light that you saw, about how big was it? It's about that big. It was wasn't... It a spear or a ball? It, look, it looked like you were just looking right at the front of a, a spotlight, a red, deep red spotlight. But what was funny is that I looked around and there wasn't no... Uh, like if there was a spotlight out there, it'd be, it'd be shining on the tree and it'd be shining on the grass. 
and they'd be shining on the leaves because it was right next to that archway. And there was it wasn't like that. It, but it was I, just confined to what you could see, right? Yeah, there. Okay. right there. And this was red. About how red would you say? What would you compare it with? A fire engine red or blood red? It was it was deep red, like blood red, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Not too red. And do you feel that that object was sitting on the ground? No, he was the oh that object. Yeah. No, it was about six inches off the ground. It was right next to the ground. It wasn't on the ground. And it was absolutely stationary at all times. Uh, well, I, I couldn't say that for all times, but when I was looking at it, it yeah. was stationary. Right. When I saw the thing next to it, it was, I, I wasn't even worried about the red light no more. You didn't see that creature. The minute you spotted the light? No, the first thing I did, see, I thought it was, when I woke up, I thought it was going to be somebody uh, breaking into my car. So I looked out right. there, and that red light was there. And I was looking at it for a couple minutes, and I was looking around, and, like, I feel my eyes can pick up movement pretty good at nighttime. See, I'm in the Air Force, yeah. and I work canine, and I work at night. And I didn't see no movement. When I saw this thing, he was standing there. He was standing like this, just like this. And it... It looked like he was waiting for me because he, was, he wasn't facing the car. He was facing me, and that was through the window. I don't know how he knew I was there. And then I started getting those sound waves, and I almost blacked out. I couldn't... What, it was all dark that night. Another thing, all the lights in the neighborhood were out, and they usually leave lights on. They usually, you know, just, it might have been just a coincidence or something, because, like, people across the street there and there, they always leave lights on. There wasn't no lights on that night. And when I saw this individual or whatever it was, he didn't move at all, he crouched down, he was standing up and he looked all black. All I could see was the outline, you know, pretty well the outline, and I could see he, he was blacker than the background, and that was it. He didn't make a move, I couldn't see no clothes, I couldn't see no eye, couldn't see no outline like a jacket in me, he just flat it's like a that. a black form. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. When when we uh, when we woke when I woke her up, that's you know just before I turned on the outside light. When I came out here and I turned on the outside light, then then we, I went back in the bedroom. And I said we got to get out of here. We got dressed and when we went outside to get in the car to take off, because I was too scared. We uh, a whole group of dogs were barking in the neighborhood. There's a dog across there and one up the street. One, the one up the street sounded like it was the one that was barking out front at first. It was the dogs barking that originally attracted your attention yeah. to look out. That one, that one dog was barking. I didn't hear any other dogs because I just, I don't know, I, I was mainly focusing on that one dog because it was out by my car. Mm -hmm. Now when this uh, sound started, you, you figure it was fairly high pitched. No, when it, when it started, it started down low and then it just went, it just went right up the spectrum until it got to a high point and then that tone said stayed steady and there was bleeps in it there was you know there was a it went deep 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 but the stone the the tone kept on going straight you know mm -hmm. it was a flat tone i almost passed out from that so i grabbed the curtain i grabbed my wife's leg because the bed's right next to the window and i woke her up and when she woke up the sound stopped and i felt that that sound was coming from the being or whatever it was that was out there because i was looking right at it i couldn't it's, it's hard to explain this thing standing out there and I just I'm just staring at it trying to figure out what it is and then all of a sudden inside your head you start getting noises like that and I didn't wake up too fast I didn't get up fast at all because 
I got up slow because I wouldn't wake. I didn't want to wake my wife up. And you feel that this noise was actually just being picked up in your head? That yeah. it was not originating out there? No. It didn't, wasn't coming from outside? No, like, like, like a car goes down the street, you could hear that. Right. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. It, it was originating in my head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then when the odd, when the creature disappeared, were you looking at it when no. it disappeared? You turned well, away. Yeah, when I... When, when I felt like I was going to pass out from the sound, I grabbed the curtain, I reached over, and I was waking up my wife, and the curtains just, you know, fell closed. Mm -hmm. And when she woke up, the sound was gone. The first thing I did, it didn't take me more than 10 seconds to run out here and flip on that light and look through this window, and everything was gone. There wasn't nothing out there. The light was gone, and... Uh, and uh, okay, when you were watching the creature, could you still see that red light on the ground or close to the ground? Yeah. It was still there. Yeah. And it was there even when all that sound and everything was yeah. occurring. But I was mainly staring at staring at the head and stuff, trying to figure out what it was, because it didn't move at all. It just stood there, you know. That's what, that's what freaked me out, because I couldn't figure it out, and then the sound hit me, and then I knew it had to be something weird. I wasn't going to ha hassle with it. Could you make out eyes? No. Nothing. No, it was awful dark out, but I could definitely make out the outline. I, I can see it. You can see in darkness. And did you check that area at daylight? Did yeah, yeah, I checked about, what, two hours later. I didn't, there was nothing out there. No scratches or anything on that? Right? No. Were there any, of course there wouldn't be any power failure. Did you notice any electric clocks we, at the we last time? Gone. Oh, you were gone, okay. Uh, well, there's a self-winding clock, so uh -huh. it, it, that would have any I don't, I don't I think, think so. I think the clocks were all working way, Shirley. Because the first time we switched on the light, I can't remember. See, we have an electric clock in the bedroom. Up, I can't remember if it was on or off. The first I, I think it was off. I had cleaned all the windows. Because I would have noticed that. I, when I got up, I didn't notice it. So it would be clear vision. See, like my watch, I, I really couldn't see a time different. Because it didn't happen, didn't happen very long. So just he was here. And I think that it must have been out there for a while because the dog was out there, you know? The dog was really barking in hell. For quite a while before you got up? Yeah. He was barking for about two minutes. And then I just heard him yelp a couple times. And I went out, you know, I got up real slow, walked over to the window. First thing I did was, what caught my eye was the red light. And I looked around, and he didn't move, you know, just stood there. He, he looked fairly good size, too. Mm -hmm. Now that, uh, the, the, uh, creature or being that was standing out there that looked like an ordinary man only just standing straight and upright. Yeah, it looked at, too late. Yeah, it had the outline of it. He had his arms together like he couldn't see no, you know, he had the, his arms flat to his side like he couldn't see a space in between his arm and his, and his side and same with his legs. His legs were closed together. See, I couldn't see up in the air because my bedroom windows underneath this carport we have out here and I couldn't see up in the sky. Mm -hmm. The only, I really don't think so myself, but it could have been possible for that red light to be reflected off the corner of my, my car. It's a pinnacle, and it's got that, that curved round bumper right there at the corner. But I don't think so, because my bumper's up too high from where I saw the light. Could have been possible, though, but I don't know. How about the caps, the hubcaps? No, it, it wasn't the hubcaps, because I, I that's what I was looking for. That's what I thought it was when I first saw it. Mm. And I looked and I saw my hubcaps. It wasn't my hubcaps. 
Did you tell him how your car was backed or out in front? Which side was which way in the front or back of it? He knows. The front of my car was right, right there on the right of the hitch. Your car, has it operated all right since then? Yeah. No trouble at all. And nothing has happened since then? Nothing except for last night. I was in a deep dream, and I woke up instantly at 5 o'clock, and I didn't. I couldn't go back to sleep until at least 5.30. And I woke up, and I was frightened, frightened to beat hell. Were you dreaming about this? Incident? No, I wasn't dreaming about this. It wouldn't have anything to do associated with this, would it? I think I never woke up like that before. I was scared when I woke up, and that was exactly 5 o'clock, and I couldn't get back to sleep until at least 5.30. It might have just been my own fear in my head or something, because it was... I was upset <laughs> last night. Not last night, but the night that this happened. I've got the date right. That was yesterday morning, right? Yeah. 5.15, okay. Were you upset physically or mentally? Yesterday's from this? Were you thinking about it a lot? Or did it just kind of pass off during the day? Uh, I, I was in no, no bad mood. We just sat here and watched TV most of the night. Any headaches? No. No nervousness? The shakes? No, I had that after it happened, that's for sure. Did you have any unusual feelings yourself? Oh, another thing that was funny is that I've had this knife that's been in my car since I had the car. And just yesterday, or the day before this happened, I, I don't know, I just went out and cleaned it out and put the knife on the side of my bed. Had you had any dreams before this happened? No. What was your opinion of the subject of UFOs previous to this? Uh, I will... I believe in UFOs. There has to be some, you know, somebody in space. But I really couldn't believe the sightings or nothing until I really see one myself. What's your opinion now? Definitely true, because I... That thing out there, I don't think it was human. Because I can't see how it got into my head the way it did and almost made me pass out. It must have not wanted me to see what it was doing or... Or else it was waiting for me because it was standing facing me when I saw it. And so was the light. The light was facing me too. Did you have the feeling you were being watched? Yeah, I sure did. It was definitely dying me. Because <laughs> it wasn't more than a couple seconds before I spotted it and was staring at it. And it started It started that sound. It started as a low hum. Then it just went, went up the spectrum. It stayed at one sound. And I kept on watching it. And then it started the beeping sound. I almost passed out. So I just let go, let go of the curtains and, you know, just grabbed it with my left hand to hold myself. And then I woke up dark. My and wife. when your wife woke up, the beeping stopped, Yeah, right? with the sound, the tone and the sound. Were you talking to her, say, hey, wake up? Uh, when I grabbed her, I said, Dar, wake up, there's something out there. And when I did that, I was I was pretty scared and hyped up, so when I grabbed her leg, I pulled her a little bit, and, and she woke up instantly. when the sound stopped, when you started, when you shouted at her? No, it's when, it's when, uh... When she woke up. When she woke up. Okay. How about the dogs? Have they been acting up at all again? No. Was the dog... Do you have a dog here? No. But these, it was the neighbor's dog who were doing all the acting yeah. up. Well, the first, the first sound of the dog, I only heard one dog. And that was out by my car. Mm -hmm. And then when I... When we got ready to leave and we left, that didn't take more than five minutes, 
there was a couple dogs barking, and they were really barking really good, you know, like they had a cat or something. It was just ordinary barking, or was it? Did it sound a little bit out of the ordinary? Out of the ordinary barking, because dogs around here don't just get up at five, five fifteen, five twenty in the morning and just start barking like to be hell like that. They just. I don't think I forget. I've forgotten anything. itself was all dark. Yep. You figure about six foot five? Yeah, a little bit less. Just just a couple inches taller than me from standing out there by the car. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'd say about that size. Yeah, I'd say about six And that was standing, actually, the front of the car was this way, and it yeah. was standing right in front of the car? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was standing about where you see that pole is. See that little pole? Yes. Uh -huh. It was standing about there. The other side of that. Pretty near the street. The red light was up here closer. Uh, more to the left, about a foot away from about four to six inches off the ground. And when I, when I noticed it, the red light was facing me. And then when I noticed the thing standing there, it was facing me too. They were both facing me, and it felt like I was being eyed. <laughs> Didn't know I was there. Well, then that uh, creature must have just suddenly appeared well, while you yeah, were watching that light. It it could have been, but what would explain the dog? Didn't he? He must have been out there for a while before the dog. Unless your vision was just concentrated on that red light to begin with, then you just looked up. Yeah. Well, that's what I did. I concentrated on the light because I couldn't figure out what it was. And I couldn't see no reflection anywhere from the light, and then I just happened to look right next to it, and that thing was standing there. See, the man was the man, and the thing was standing back from the light, a little bit back from the light, too. Mm -hmm. He was standing about mid-center mid of my car, and the light was about even with the side of the car. But that was the eeriest feeling because he was just standing there. And if it was a burglar or something, I, it, uh, it would have moved, you know? He would have hit, he would have tried to crouch down or something, but this thing was too tall. He was standing there and he was looking, it, it felt like he was looking right at me. He knew I was there. And then I started getting those sounds. That's when it all, kind of fit together in my head. I think he was trying to put me out or something because maybe he was doing something he didn't want me to see or something. And the weather was clear then? Well, it was clear, partly cloudy that night. It, when we went out, there was a few clouds hanging, you know, it was, it was cloudy, but then there were spots, you know, great big spots up in the clouds that you could right. see through. Because when I went out, when we went out to get in the car, I was looking around up in the sky. I figured it must be a UFO or something. And I've lived here nine, well, it was nine years before I went in service. And uh, nothing like this ever happened to me. Nothing like this ever happened to me in the service. You ever talked to anybody in the service that had seen anything? Oh, not really seen anything. I talked to a friend back at Ellsworth, and he, he reads a lot of UFO books and magazines and stuff. I, I read a lot of magazines like that, too.
read the ones he used to read. <laughs> but I really, I think everything's got a reason or something, you know. And I really can't believe it until I saw it. Now I, I believe it. It wasn't no nightmare or nothing, because I wake up pretty good. I was definitely awake. I was awake. I've never had a, I've never had a bad nightmare like that. I've never walked in my sleep, so why should I do it now? So in about 2008 or so, Ancient Aliens came out. That really got me into ufology. Um, I would watch that with my father. That was one of our pastimes, actually. Me and my dad, that brought us together. We would sit there and we would watch Ancient Aliens, discuss things, have a good time. Father-son stuff. I really enjoyed that. And in 2009, 2010, I'm a little shaky on exactly when it happened um I had this weird dream where I flung out of bed straight up ran to the window looked outside and I see well a tiny UFO in front of the front yard it's got its lights blaring and everything and I glance over to the walkway and coming up the walkway is a faceless big black-eyed white person really skinny so I ran to the door flung it open and I kind of did like a tackle move and next thing I know everything goes black now while most people would take that and say they're an abductee I can't say that you know I was watching a lot of uh, UFO stuff I was watching a lot of ancient aliens I think it just had an effect on me now it was still an odd dream. And it's not just me that has that. Okay, so... That's part of what this is about. It's not just about... Being abducted, which I don't think I am. It's also about the perception that comes with it. So that was obviously a dream to me. And yet, some people can have these situations where... They know it's not a dream. This happened to them. Another example is when I was 16, so this was about 2006, and I remember falling asleep, and this blue light appeared in the room, I couldn't move, my body started shaking, I mean, I literally felt my teeth vibrating, it was really weird, I couldn't move, and I just screamed out, and next thing I know, it's all over. Now that's obviously a case of sleep paralysis but again it seems like an alien abduction but at the same time you could just write it off as that and I know the difference and I feel like most other people do as well so even prominent ufologists have alien dreams that's a given you know they're doing a lot of research into it just as I was a good example is um, Jordan Hoffer when he was writing Evolutionary Ufology as well as Little Gray Bastards, both books that I recommend, some of my favorites. He explains that he suffered from possible hallucinations and bad dreams as a result of writing those books. He states many strange, par perhaps paranoid coincidences occur when you write a UFO book. I suffered from nightmares and hallucinations while writing Evolutionary Ufology. 
Now it's happening again, and this time it's not just me in gray crosshairs, but David as well, referring to the author David Barker, who also helped him write Little Gray Bastards, suffering from the same bad dreams and hallucinations. Furthermore stating, the grays are in full control, I have not been sleeping well, I have been frightened and confused. He then makes a reference to close encounters of the third kind and being watched by invisible entities. So the question is, is it simply dreams or something else? In my case, there are dreams. I can tell the difference, and you know, again, I feel like most other people can tell the difference too. So the psychological explanation of people having dreams and not being able to explain it or sleep paralysis, you know, and every alien abduction comes down to that, that's simply just not a fact. Now that clip of my dreams is from when I first started the podcast, so that's from an older episode. And you'll notice I threw a couple in there. This is just an example of what I mean by people can believe they were abducted in this I want to believe scenario. Because at the time, I was younger and I did want to believe. But as time went on, I became more skeptical. And I decided to view things from a more scientific route rather than just jumping to conclusions, and that is the best thing that we can do. So this last one I've got for you guys is a man who witnessed a UFO in the sky and its occupants watching and pointing at him. He's quite frantic and excited. Now this is a very valid case, and you can tell just by the tone in which he talks and the excitement as I just pointed out. It's very interesting. I think you guys will enjoy it. UFO Reporting Center. Hi. Have you heard about Missouri yet? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What did you see? Oh, shit. Uh, the Air Force gave me your number. Whiteman Air Force Base, as a matter of fact, gave me your number. Okay. They hovered 300 feet from me and stared at me like I was a, a zebra in the zoo. Like I was a lion in a cage, you know? A, uh, an insect in a jar. Three craft. Directly overhead? Directly overhead. I saw their faces looking out the windows at me, man, pointing at me with their fingers. We're not talking about one. We're talking about three crafts. I, I mean, there's nothing like this ever happened to me in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This shrouded in a crowd of mist. And my body wasn't able to move. I was not able to move. Just there, and they hovered about 300 feet from me, the closest one. What'd they look like? I mean, what'd the objects look like? Cigar shape. Were these large or small? Giant. I would say the size of a large jet airliner at a minimum. Okay? okay. But no wings or tails. Cigar shape. There was three of them flying in formation side by side. When they stopped over me, the closest one to me raised up so that the next one to him could lower down, so the next one to him could lower down, so that the rows of windows going down the side, all of the, be it however you want to phrase them, people, creatures, whatever, could all see me very plainly. 
stood there and looked at me and tilted and cocked their heads and pointed like I was an exhibition in a, in a zoo. What did those occupants look like? You couldn't tell. The light from inside the craft was so bright, shining out the windows, that all you could tell was all I could tell. I okay. Said, all I could tell. I mean, I'm telling you right now, buddy, I'm, I'm sitting here not knowing what the hell to think. The heads were, were human-shaped. You could tell that there was eyes in the head. You could tell that the eyes were large. There was no visual appearances of hair or ears from what I could see. But the light was so bright emanating from inside this craft that uh, they looked like they were bald with no ears, but, but there was no way to really tell. But they were definitely had a human head shape. They definitely had a human-shaped body. They definitely stood behind these windows and pointed at me. And these crafts had... They, they, they looked like a jet airliner with no wings and tail, okay? On the back of them, they had pods that, that resembled the same kind of pods that would be on the back of like a 727 or something, okay? Okay. Except that they had a green glob of light that was mounted to the top of these pods. That it wasn't real bright, but it glowed. Then out of the back of these pods, where it would normally come on a jet like as we know it, where would come the exhaust, was lights that were identical to the headlights of a car. That's what it really looked like, okay? That's what it looked like, was headlights of a car. They were shrouded in a crowd of mist. When they hovered in the air to stare at me, it was like I was on visual show at a zoo. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you could see these rows of windows going down the side, and they were identical, just virtually identical to the rows of windows that you would see on, a, on an airliner. And there was beings behind each one of these windows. They were looking at me and pointing. And I could have seen their faces and their features very clearly. If it wouldn't have been for the fact that the light was so intensely bright in coming from inside the aircraft. They made no noise. Absolutely none. They were no more. The closest one, the first one that raised up higher than the other two so that the other two could raise in stair steps so that the occupants in the windows could see me was no more than 250, 300 feet from me. My body could not move. I wanted to scream for my girlfriend, my sister-in-law, my mother, and my brother, and the seven children that were in the house come look too. I was not able to move. I tried to scream. The minute they ceased with looking at me, so to speak, and started to move off without making a sound. And there was no change in these lights that were shining out from behind them. It was just like headlights in fog, okay? Okay. And they were shrouded in mist. They started moving out across the lake at the 51-mile marker here in mid-Missouri. Ron and I jumped in my car then and drove to the top of the hill as these things were going over the lake and on their way out of sight. The sky is totally clear here. There's not a cloud in the sky to speak of. None, okay? These things were clouded in a, in, in a shroud of mist. Three of them. Cigar-shaped, pods on the end of them, green glows on the top, shining headlights out the back of these pods, just like headlights in the fog of a car. I'm standing on top of the hill with my binoculars, looking for them to come back. People are passing me going, you saw it too. I'm going, yeah, I saw it too. What did you see? And I told them what I saw. I told Whiteman Air Force Base, they gave me your number. Who else has reported this? Am I nuts or what's going on out here? No. What time did you see it? God, I don't know. I, at about 9 o'clock. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm, I lost all track of time. I lost all track of anything like that. I mean, I was so... 
headlights on a row. They're facing due west, but they're moving east. And I'm going, what the hell? There's, there's, a, there's no cars up there that can be doing that. And all of a sudden, they cease to move. And when they cease to move, the fog began to thin. Okay. As the fog thinned, you could see lights. You could see the shape. You could see these craft. Now, I don't know what color they were, but they appeared in the dark sky at, at this time. And it was, now, the reason I, I say I think they were dark green is because these lights shining out the back of them were so bright that they illuminated the mist, okay? The fog or whatever. Yes. The fog gave the appearance that these craft were a dark green color, but they could have been dark blue, they could have been dark, they weren't dark, they could have, but they were a dark color. They were undoubtedly, by any shadow of a doubt, they were cigar-shaped. There was no cockpit windows as cockpit windows would be in a jet as we know it. The only windows went down the side like an airliner's windows. And then there was pods on the back that really resembled pods that, that, that a jet engine would have on the back of like a 727 or something. Okay. And on top of them, there was a, a, a round circle of green glowing light, not real intensely bright, but glowing Edmo green. Obviously like some kind of a round dome-shaped projectile that sat on top of the main light. Now, out of the back of these pods, now the pods were pointed on the front, and if the, the mist was enough, I can't describe the exact appearance of them, but they looked more or less like they were pointed on the front. I couldn't see a dark spot in the front of them like an air intake, as a jet engine as we know it. But the back of them was definitely flat as far as I could see because this beam of light came out that looked just like a headlight in the fog of an automobile. There was no tails on them. There was no wings. They made no noise. And whatever was on board was peeking out the windows like people looking out the windows of a bus. You know what I'm saying? Did you have a chance to count the number of those lighted openings? I, well, there again, I I couldn't move my body. I couldn't even, I'm 20 feet from the from a plate glass window, a picture window, from where everybody was sitting here watching TV. I wasn't, for some reason, and this is what scares me the most, or what's got me upset the most, is I wasn't able to scream to anybody. In the house, my body froze dead still. I wasn't able to move. As these things hovered there, dead still in the air, I couldn't move until they started to move away. When they started to move away, then all of a sudden I could move again. There was at least, to give you a minimum, 15, 20 is minimum. Okay. I'd say 30 is maximum. Windows down the side, directly resembling portal windows of a jet liner. But to be honest with you, I'm so upset from the situation, <laughs> I can't tell you if they were square around. Okay. And the light was coming out of them so brightly that it would be hard to tell you if they were square around. There was an incredible light coming out of the inside of the thing. But the light undoubtedly showed the fact that there was beings, creatures, whatever you want to term it, behind each and every window, looking out and pointing. So, I mean, there were several of them that were pointing at me. Like, like I was an exhibit at the zoo, an aquarium. And they stopped their dead end, and, the, and what really got me was the way they hovered into a stair-step position. The closest one moved up, the middle one moved down a little, and the one on the farthest front moved down even yet to where it damn near touched the treetops here. Now I'm talking, we're talking this craft was six feet over the trees, and its mist was covering, engulfing the trees on top of the hill above me. 
200 feet, 300 feet above me. Okay. And they moved down in stair steps so that all three craft, I, I looked at all three rows of windows, done all three craft, and all, and I could see these occupants, whatever you want to turn them, turn them in all three windows, and all three sets of windows going down these crafts, and they were looking at me. They were staring at me. They were definitely, I don't know, you know, you read about these things in, 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 in the papers, and, and, and so they were definitely humanoid looking. Okay. As far as I could see, they, they, they had arms that they could point at me, like, like you and I would point at something. Look at that ant on the ground. Uh, they had heads that were shaped like ours. As far as whether or not they had ears or they had hair, I have no idea. The light was too bright. But they undoubtedly had two eyes. You could see these areas that appeared dark. They appeared very dark where their eyes were. It was, it was darker than... It, it was like, even though the light was so intensely bright, you could see that there was undoubtedly two eyes. I don't know how to explain it to you the way it looked, but you could see that, you know, there was undoubtedly two eyes on, your, on every head. And they were undoubtedly carrying on a conversation because the way their heads were pointing and looking at each other while they pointed, you know, you could tell these, these things were talking about the fact that I was standing down there on the ground. Okay. Any estimate of length on those objects? Of what? How long they were? Well, I'll tell you what. At a minimum, at a minimum, because I'm a traveling salesman, I've done a lot of flying, at a minimum, if you peel the wings and tail off a of 747, you got it. Okay. I mean, I'm a 727. Okay. On a maximum, if you peel the wings and tail off a of 747, you got it. But no hump, no cockpit windows, only windows going down the side. Okay. And these things, well, not only did me and a whole bunch of my neighbors see them, I apparently saw them the closest of all of us. But um, I understand from Whiteman, it's been reported from, at the time I talked to him, from Kansas City to Camdenton, which Kansas City is about 150 miles as the crow flies. No, about 120, 30 miles as the crow flies. Camdenton's about 20 miles as the crow flies. It's got thousands of reports on it. They even accepted my call correct. I couldn't believe it. All right, sir, could I get your name? Well, yeah. This is strictly confidential. My name is... Is that your first name? Yeah. Okay. How many other cars you got about this tonight? Oh, dozens. Now, which which uh, town were you at? Okay, Climax Springs, Missouri, just like it sounds. Climax Springs. I don't know where they ever got that name. But I'll tell you, I got several of my neighbors that saw the same thing I did. Three crafts in formation, moving without any noise in a cloud of mist. And I'm gonna tell you what. I have never in my life experienced anything like this tonight. But my whole attitude got a, a, a total rearrangement tonight because I know I'm not nuts. I know what I saw. I'm, I was stone sober. And I don't do drugs or anything like that. <laughs> I'm a man with four kids. I know what I saw. And I know what my retired neighbors across the way saw. I know what my mother saw. I know what all the rest of us down here on this part of the lake saw. We all saw the same thing. Whatever this thing was, I'll guarantee you the Air Force don't have no machines like this. My brother-in-law's in the Air Force big time, and <laughs> he sent me pictures of the SR-71 Blackbird before they were even supposed to exist. Okay. And, and Amer America don't have nothing like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever this was, uh, it wasn't Russian or American. And to, to, so it leaves the mind up to have to decide what the hell it, it definitely was. But I'll guarantee you what. Whatever.
whatever these things were, they were large, they were silent. Why they were covered in mist, I don't know, but the cloud of mist moved along with them. You understand what I'm saying? Right. It preceded them as they moved through the sky. The noses of these craft never broke this cloud of steam or mist, whatever you want to call it. It constantly preceded them. And, 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 and as this thing moved through the sky, it made no noise. And it was each one of them was definitely loaded with multiple occupants that were staring out windows. They were looking out the windows, sightseeing, man. These things were sightseeing. Whatever they were, they were sightseeing. And they stopped so close to me to look at me, and I could see no seams. They were close enough that I could see no seams, no rivets, no plates on this craft. The skin of this vehicle was totally smooth. Totally smooth. And it was matte. There was no shine. It was, it was flat textured. Okay. No shine. But whatever it was, man, I'm going to tell you what, it was real bizarre. Definitely cigar-shaped, but it had these two pods on the back that shine out lights like flashlight beams. And they were awful damn close to me. Awful damn close. It scared the shit out of me. Did you hear any, or feel any increase of temperature in the air at the time? Not that I recognized, but, but I, I'm telling you what, I was so scared. I don't know if I'd have noticed it if there was. Okay. I was so scared, I don't know if I noticed it if there was. But I can tell you this, that they were close enough to me that the steam cloud that surrounded these craft perpetually as they moved through the air covered the trees in my yard, covered the trees all over my hill. And that's no kidding, because that third one, when it dropped down far enough for that its windows could look out at me too, it was virtually touching the tops of the treetops on top of my hill here. And I'm almost to the top of the hill. I'm about 50, 60 feet off the lake. And the top of the hill is probably 150 feet from me where it crest. Did you see any movement on the top of the tree at all? No. Okay. There was no movement of anything but these craft. But they were moving slow, my man. Okay. I'm telling you, these things did not move fast. They idled away, so to speak. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And when they came into view for me, they were like idling into view. And when they idled into view... Like something, to, like, it was really bizarre. I mean, something, all of a sudden, for some reason, my body just turned around and looked up. And then I just saw this cloud of mist boil up, like right out of a movie or something. It didn't look real. And when it boiled up and moved over, then you saw these things move into view. And then they all of a sudden moved into view. They stopped. And then when they stopped, the mist thinned. And then they moved into this stair-step position so that all three of them could look out the windows of all three of these crafts. And they stood there and stared at me. I don't know how long that was. I don't know whether they stared at me for 15 seconds or whether they stared at me for 15 minutes. Because the problem was, I walked, I had just loaded the fireplace with wood. I put on my coat and I walked out the bottom story of my house. Everybody else was upstairs. I walked out and went out into the driveway. So I don't know how long I was standing out there in the driveway with them staring at me. Because, but I do know that I was trying to yell and scream for everybody inside the house, and I was not able to. And I was not able to yell and scream until they got through with looking at me, so to speak, and started to move away. And the minute, I mean the very instant, that those crafts started to move away and started initiating a forward movement again, then all of a sudden my body had moved. And that's when I ran right now and started screaming, God, everybody, come out here right now. I mean, I was screaming like a madman. Come out here, see this right now, because I thought I was nuts. I thought I'd lost my mind. I mean, I was freaking out. I said, come out here and look at this right now. And everybody, I was so hysterical that everybody ran out immediately, and they all saw them too. 
and a whole bunch of people in our area did. And then that's when my brother and I went up on top of the hill. He got scared. He was so scared, he came back down the house. He wouldn't even wait up there with me. Okay, how many other people saw that? What's the total number? Well, in my family alone, 10. Okay. Because everybody's here this weekend. I mean, okay. I got four kids. My brother's got three. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a young, I'm not 20 years old, okay? What is your age? 34. Okay. But then I stood up on top of the hill with my binoculars, and I'm looking around the horizon, and this pickup truck drives up and sees me standing there, and they stop, they roll down the window, and the first thing they said to me was, you saw it too, didn't you? And I said, yeah. I saw something. What'd you see? And we go, oh, we don't know. What did you see? And they were, like, real apprehensive, you know? And I said, well, I said, I'm not sure what I saw. I said, but I saw something float through the sky. They said, so did we. They said, how many of them did you see? I said, I saw three. I said, so did we. I said, in a cloud of mist? They said, yeah. I said, where'd you see them? And then they opened up a little more after it was obvious that we had both agreed on what we had saw. And they said they were sitting down in climb, around Climax Springs and they saw the crafts hover across seven. This is a retired couple now. They're both gray-haired. And they proceeded to tell me that they shut off their... They, when they saw them, they realized that something was strange with the crafts, the fact that the lights were shining the opposite direction, that the crafts were moving. That they stopped their truck, shut off the lights, put it in park, shut off the motor, and got out. When they realized that they heard no engine noise, they tried to get their cameras. For some reason, and this is what the strangest thing that struck me about what they said was, they go, but we couldn't get our lens caps off the cameras. Now, that seems real strange. Now, I don't know whether they really got pictures or whether they really couldn't get their lens caps off the cameras. But, I really, but I'll tell you one thing, I really couldn't move out in the driveway. So I believe them in the sense, maybe I believe them in the sense that they couldn't get the lens caps off their cameras. Because I know as, as long as those things stood, for however long that was, they stood there and hovered away from me. I was not able to move or scream. I'm 20 feet from the plate glass windows of my house, where everybody's sitting in the living room watching TV. And if I'd have, if I'd have been able to scream, they could have heard me instantly. They'd have heard me yell. I mean, down here in this part of the country, it's so quiet. We've got no traffic. There's no road noise. There's no airplane noise. I mean, it's dead silent. If somebody screams a half mile away, you can hear them. And I, I couldn't scream. These people couldn't get the lenses off their camera. Do you see them quite often? I've never seen them before in my life. They live on Kaufman Bend 11. Now, let me explain to you what that means. On every cove of the lake, one side of the cove will be Kaufman Bend 2. The next side of the cove is Kaufman Bend 3. Okay? Okay. And you have lots and lots and lots of coves. Get out your map of Missouri. Look up Lake of the Ozarks. It's in central Missouri, just west of Jefferson City, just south of Sedalia and Columbia, just north of Springfield, Lake okay. of the Ozarks. And you'll, you'll, you'll get the picture, although the map will not show you how many coves the lake actually has. Because the lakes are like 110 miles long, but we've got 1,456 miles of shoreline. That tells you we've got a lot of coves. So the map doesn't tell you all the coves. Now, in our area, it's known as Kaufman Bend. And the first cove is Kaufman Bend 1. The other side of the cove, the north side of the cove, is Kaufman Bend 2. Then the next cove you come to, the south side of the cove is Kaufman Bend 3. The north side of the cove is Kaufman Bend 4. Savvy? Right. Well, I'm Kaufman Bend 7. These, are called, these people live on Kaufman Bend 11. Okay. So they live just, you know, they live four coves or so up for me, whatever the case may be. But they, uh, they definitely stopped and, and tried to photograph it, but uh, they tell me they weren't able to. Now, I don't know whether they were just telling me that because they really weren't able to, but they tell me they couldn't get the lenses. They said they were not able to remove the lenses from their cameras. And I know that I wasn't able to yell to my family inside the house until the crash started to move away. 
And the minute they started to move away, I, my body could move again. And man, the first thing I did was run in the house and start screaming, God, everybody, get out here now and look at this. And I, I brought all the four adults out there. And of course, one of the children is way too young, but the other six of the children all saw it too. In fact, uh, the children that ranged in ages from six to 10 were so scared I had to uh, really give some rationalized counsels uh, for what it meant. Okay. These are children that go to church. They they don't understand what UFOs are about. Me, myself, I don't go to church, but my mother and the rest of them are real religious. They go to church every weekend, Sabbath school. They don't, you know, their comprehension is, is Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, and, and we're the, you know, they don't, right. they don't grasp things like the fact that somebody else may live on another planet that makes us look ignorant. And I'm going to tell you what, after tonight, I believe it wholeheartedly that somebody's somewhere out there, because I'm going to tell you what, whatever these things were, I know I don't have hallucinations. I know I don't have hallucinations. I know what I saw, and, and even if I did have hallucinations, all my neighbors don't have the same exact hallucination. Right. Not all my neighbors, right. but some of my neighbors don't have the same exact hallucination. My brother, my girlfriend, my mother, my sister-in-law, and my kids aren't going to have the same hallucination. I got four kids, they all saw it. And, it, I mean, it shook them up big time. They don't, uh, you know, they, they don't comprehend stuff like that. When they see something like that, they think of the day of the earth, day of the earth stood still or something. Okay. Well, thanks very much for calling, and if we get any follow-up on this, we'll get back to you. All right. I'd be really interested to know about just what the hell it was. <laughs> I'd be interested to know who else in my area saw it. Okay. Have a good evening. Thank you again. Bye. Bye-bye. And with that, I'm going to leave you guys for this week. I'm going to try to line up some more interviews. I'm going to get a hold of Preston Dennett and see if he wants to come on again with us. If you'd like to reach out and appear on the podcast, or even just share your experiences with me, possibly appear in the book, just hit me up at theufos at yahoo.com or hit up my Facebook, and just let me know. If you just want to talk about your experiences, and just let it out. With no obligation to appear in the book or even on the podcast, just want to talk to somebody. Just reach out to me. I know that going through an abduction experience, or even just seeing a UFO, sometimes you can't reach out and talk to people, your friends, your family, and you just need somebody to talk to, it's not going to judge you. Well that's what I'm here for. That's what all researchers and people should try to do. There will be no judgment here. I'll simply just hear you out. Simply from writing the book, I've noticed an odd thing happen. It's no longer about the research as it is helping. It's not only have I taken on abduction research, but I'm here to help the experiencers. Now, I'm not a hypnotherapist. So, I can put you in touch with one if need be. If you need people of a like mind to talk to, I can put you in touch with some of them. Just let me know. Now again, with that, I'm going to leave you guys. I want to thank the Ghoulies again for Hot Rods from Outer Space. I want to thank you guys for listening. And if you need assistance, please just reach out and let me know.
All right, guys, keep kicking it.